Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series one with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message about going the extra mile. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then be sure to check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome. We're glad you're here this morning. We appreciate your giving and uh, what a wonderful presence of the Lord. In fact, why don't you turn to someone and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. How many believe that today? We welcome all of you. We welcome those that are online this morning. And I'm, I'm really excited to minister this message. And as we continue this series called One, how many believe that one can make a difference? And that's what we're talking about. I talked about that last week. The power of one, the power of one person. And this morning, I'm going to talk about that again. One person can make a difference. All it takes is one person. One, one act of service can change somebody's life. One response can change others' lives. An instant of compassion, one, one voice, one piece of the puzzle, one expression of worship, one prayer, one encounter with God. Is all it takes to make a difference. So I want you to stay with me this morning as I lay a foundation here uh, for this message. And I, I believe today it will apply to every single person in this building. And I believe today, if you'll just kind of pay attention today as I highlight one person who did one act of service, change not only her life, but generations to come. And it's hard to believe that, but I'm going to read this story to you. And I kind of want you to just catch, there's a lot to this story. And I'm going to just kind of uh, read a a few verses of scripture here, a little bit more than usual. Uh, But I want you to catch the story, if you will, out of Genesis chapter 24, uh, verse number 8. And this is Abraham that is speaking to his servant. I'll give you a little bit of background there. But it says, he says this to the servant. He says, if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from the oath. Only do not take my son back there so that the servant put his hand, his servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and they departed for all the master's good were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, the city of Naor, And he made his camels kneel outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. So he's setting up his camels there by the well. And these women are coming out. And then he said, oh, Lord, he prays this prayer. Oh, God of my master, Abraham, please give me success this day. Show kindness to my master, Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water. And the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one that you've appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you've shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he had even finished speaking that behold, Rebecca who was born to Bethel, the son of Micah, the wife of Naor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now, the young woman was very beautiful to behold, and 
and she was a virgin. Did you hear that? She was beautiful and a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, came up, and the servant ran to meet her and said, uh, please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. And so she said, drink, my Lord. Or back then it was saying, my pleasure, sir. That's what that means. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand, gave him a drink. And when she, when she had finished giving him a drink, she said this, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all the camels. And the man wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And so it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took out a golden ring weighing half a shekel, a golden nose ring. See, they wore nose rings back then too. You guys are, you guys are out of style. Anyway, uh, uh, two bra- you guys think it's you know, the new thing. It's been old a long time ago. Two bracelets for her wrist weighing 10 shekels of gold and said, whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house to lodge? So let's pray as we dive into this message today. So, Father, we thank you again that we can gather together. And we know that one makes a difference. We know this in Scripture that Jesus, being the one, made a difference in all of our lives and changed the destiny of our lives today. We've been redeemed and we've been forgiven. So, God, today I pray minister to every person in this building. I don't know where they're at today in their heart. I don't know where they're at in their life, but you do. And so I pray the Holy Spirit would speak into their lives today. I pray, God, let them hear your word today. Let them receive it in their heart. Help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of God as I declare your word. Let the people hear the voice behind the voice. And everyone said, amen. Are you ready this morning? And so this is a very fascinating story. And I believe today... As we dive into this story, you're going to find that you are part of this story. Now, let me ask you a question as we go on. Has anyone ever done something for you? Has anyone ever uh, uh, done some act of kindness that, that you did not expect? In other words, they did more for you than you were looking for. You said, my goodness, they went out of their way. They went beyond the call of duty. And so this young woman, the Bible says, by the name of Rebecca, the scripture said that she goes way beyond the call of duty. And I'm going to show you why. She was to become the wife of Isaac, but she didn't know it at the time. The scripture tells us that Abraham's son, if you read the whole story, Abraham's son Isaac was already 40 years old, and it was time for him to get married. And so Abraham uh, appoints his uh one servant to go and find the wife for his son, Isaac. Now, Sarah had already died. Abraham was already very old. So he had to delegate that appointment or delegate that job or that task to go find a wife for his his son, Isaac. And he delegated this one servant. If you read the story, you'll find that that one servant, his name was Eleazar. And so he appointed the one servant, see the one, appointed the one servant to go find the wife for his son. Now, back then, the mom and dad would uh, find your husband or your wife for you. 
How many of you kids want your, your, your mom and dad to pick your husband or wife? How many of you would even be married if it was up to your mom and dad, to the man or woman that you're married to? Most of us, man, you know, if you, if you got married, you know that a lot of times it's the dad didn't like you at first, the mom didn't like you at first, and they had to grow, you had to grow on them a little bit. But here, here the Bible says that God tells, or Abraham tells his servant to, to go find a wife for his son Isaac. Now, you have to travel a long way. The Bible says he had 10 camels. They're loaded with valuables. If you read the story, they're loaded with all kinds of things. And so he has to travel. Many of them, they estimate the traveling was probably a 17-day journey. And, uh, and so he had to travel a long way in order to get to where uh, the, the, his hometown and to find a wife there uh, for his, uh, uh, his master, Isaac. And the scripture said that he prayed this prayer. And we don't know how many times he prayed this prayer, but we get to listen in on the prayer. And, and I want you to really pay attention to this because the prayer was simple. He said, Lord, let it be. That the woman that I asked for a drink of water, not only will she give me a drink of water, but she will also uh, uh, draw water for the camels also. That she would offer to go above and beyond. Let it be that woman uh, that she would become the wife of Isaac. Now here's the thing. According to Middle Eastern uh, uh, hospitality, Back then, they would certainly give you a drink of water. Most people would if you asked them for a drink of water. But it wasn't likely. There was, it was a very small chance that they would offer to give your camels a drink of water. And the Bible says when he finished praying this prayer, that this beautiful young woman by the name of Rebecca comes walking toward the well. And the scripture says that as she comes walking to the well, that he goes up to her after she draws her water, puts it in her jug as she's walking away. He comes to her and he says, can you give me a drink of water? And the Bible says she lowers her jug and says, of course, my pleasure. Drink, my Lord, is the way they spoke then. Kind of like the old English, right? Drink, my Lord. And so she drinks. She gives them the drink of water. And he drinks the water. And then she says these words, I will draw water for your camels also. Now, here's the thing that she did not know. She did not know that she was an answer to prayer. Young lady, someone's praying for you. Young man, someone's praying for you, right? And that she, he, she did not know that he was the servant of Abraham. She didn't know that he was sent there to find a woman. And she had no idea. And think about this. This servant had to find a woman to come and follow him back to his hometown, to leave her mom, to leave her dad, to leave everything she knows, to marry a man she never even met. She couldn't even see a pic of the guy. There was no, you know, Facebook and how do I know where I'm going, you know? So she had to convince this young lady to go with him. And so here they are. The Bible says he finished praying this prayer that not only would she give me a drink of water, but that she would also offer water for all of my camels to drink. And behold, this woman does all of that. Now, most of us this morning would think, well, that's not a big deal. But I want you to know it was a big deal. This was not a small act of kindness. 
This was someone going above and beyond. Now, for some of us, we may think, well, that's not a big deal. I just go over to the, uh, turn on the faucet and fill up the jug. But back then, a woman had to draw water from a well. In other words, you got to get a bucket. You got to you got to let it go down with a rope. You got to pull it back up. Are you listening to me? And get all of that water. This was going to be a pretty big calf. Let me tell you why. Because the Bible says uh, that there were ten camels. And here's what I want you to understand: one camel, after a long day's journey, will drink anywhere from twenty to thirty gallons of water. So if you're, I know you're not a mathematician, but think of it. 10 camels drinking 20 gallons of water. How much is that? 200. Thank you. Somebody's quick, man. 200. There we go. It was 200 gallons of water she would have to draw from a well. Now, the Bible says that all of these women were at the well. They were all drawing water. So let's just say she took cuts. How many know you ever done that? She took cut. They let her get in front. And let's just say that the jug that she had held five gallons. Let's just say that. She had to go. That would take her 40 trips going back and forth. Okay, we're talking 200 gallons of water, five gallons, right? And, and let's just say each trip took her conservatively, conservatively being conservative, uh, that it would have taken her three minutes. I think it would have taken her longer, probably take her more five to six minutes. But let's just say it took her three minutes, three minutes, 40 trips, that's two hours. She committed herself to a perfect stranger, someone she'd never met, someone she'd never talked to in her life, someone that she didn't know who he was. She committed herself to a perfect stranger, to one perfect stranger for two hours, not only to give him a drink of water, but to draw water for all of the camels that were there. The Bible says in verse 21 that Eleazar or the servant gazed at her in silence because he could not believe that this young woman would do such a thing. Now at best, some of us might have waved, said hello to the man or gave him the paramount wave. Said, hey, how's it going, right? Maybe some of us would have said, hey, you know what? You can borrow the bucket, drop it off by the garage on the way out. You know, we probably, but, but how many of us would commit it ourselves for more than two hours to a perfect stranger that we didn't know who he was? How many of us would have done that? And yet this woman at the end of a long day committed herself for someone she had never met before. See, I want to just say this to you. It's usually not our goal to do above and beyond and get nothing in return. In fact, if we really think about our society today, many people will do the least amount of work hoping and expecting to receive the maximum benefit. It is the belief that we can do the least amount of work just to get by. And most people don't want to do more than they are asked to do. More, most people don't want to do more and above beyond. Most people want to do the bare minimum. And in fact, Jesus dealt with this spirit. Jesus dealt with this kind of attitude. Again, I'm, I'm going to kind of combine these two things together because I believe there's something in the story that all of us, one act of service, can change your life. And so the Bible says that Jesus tells 
the disciples. He tells the people this, uh, this verse. Let me read this verse to you. It said, when someone forces you to go one mile, go a second one with him or go the extra mile. How many have ever read that scripture before? Someone forces you to go one mile, you, you say that you'll go an extra mile. Now, are we talking about exercise? Some of us, we may need it a little bit. Huh? Uh, uh, he's talking about, you know, walking around the track. Uh, what is Jesus talking about when he talks about going the extra mile? Let me say this. When Jesus made that statement, the Jewish people that were listening to what he was saying knew exactly what he was talking about. Stay with me this morning. I'm going somewhere. They knew exactly what he was talking about. In fact, when Jesus said that statement, they were a little shocked and they were a little blown away by what he was saying. Let me explain why they were blown away by what he was saying. Because if I was a Jewish person and you were a, 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 or you were a Jewish person and I was a Roman soldier, I could go to your door, knock at your door and make you carry my equipment for one mile. You had to carry my baggage from one mile. In fact, many of the Jewish people had a one-mile marker or a stake in every direction from their home because they knew at any time a soldier could come to their house, knock at the door and say, you're carrying my equipment for one mile. And once you got to the one-mile marker, you'd say, hey, my time's up. I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm done. You were forced to go the one mile. It was the way of life. It was Roman law. There was nothing that you could do about it. Think about this. Your worst enemy, your worst hated enemy could come to your house and make you carry their baggage for one mile. How do you feel about that? You're obligated. You're forced to do it. There was no way around it. And then Jesus said this to them. This is what blew their mind. When you go the first mile, I want you to offer to go one more mile. Jewish people say, you're crazy. Are you kidding me, Jesus? Are you nuts? This is ridiculous. There's no way you're telling me that I'm going to offer one mile. Why would Jesus say that? Because the first mile they owned you. And you didn't have a choice. But the second mile, you do it from your heart. You're not doing it out of obligation. You're not doing it because you're made to do it. You're doing it because out of your own heart. You're not doing it because you're compelled to do it. You're not doing it because you're demanded to do it. You're doing it out of your own heart. See, I believe this morning as believers in Christ, as Christians, we're supposed to go the extra mile. I said we're supposed to go the extra mile. This is what Jesus is saying. The difference between the shallow Christian. The difference between the, the shallow Christian and the real Christian. Is the real Christians are willing to go the extra mile. They're willing to go above and beyond what they're asked to do. What I'm talking about this morning is going that one extra mile that Rebecca basically it summed up in the very word that Rebecca spoke that day when she said I will draw water for your camels also not only do we see a beautiful woman on the outside but we get to see the beauty on the inside we get to see there's something in her life 
that separated her from the rest of the women that day that we see the beauty that's in the inside. Because in today's society, people seem to be thinking, I can do the least amount of work expected of me and I can get the most out of it. And believe it or not, sadly, this underlying spirit has crept into the hearts of God's people. And what we see today, listen to me, what we see today is you see an attitude of minimum effort, but they want maximum benefit. How many people do you know at work, the very ones that are complaining about a raise, the very ones that are complaining they're not making enough, are the very ones that do the bare minimum? Am I right? Are the very ones that they only do what they're obligated to do. They don't go above and beyond. Did you know, listen to me, I'm going to bring it home here today. Did you know that 80% of the work in the church is done only by 20% of the people? The other 80% are just looking at everybody work. 20% are actually doing the work. You have no idea before you got here, there are people here two hours before service started today. You have no idea there was a, a, a crew of people that were cleaning the parking lot today, cleaning everything up, making sure that before you got here, before you even walk into this building, that people were prepared to greet you, to, to minister to you, to smile at you this morning, amen, to welcome you in the house of God. There is a worship team today here. Uh, they were here at 7.30 in the morning uh, practicing you enjoy the worship. But I'm telling you, people have to practice. They have to make sure that, that they have the right attitude. Are you with me this morning? People are going above and beyond. That's all right. Now, I learned this spirit. I learned this attitude when I was a young disciple. I remember going with my pastor. Uh, I'm going to, uh, he, we, I was part of the choir. I don't know when you're in the choir. You, you sound good. doesn't matter. So I was part of the choir. And I was probably, you know, a couple of years saved. And uh, um, we went, we, we'd never been out, out of L.A., at least I hadn't been out of it. So we were going to Yuma, Arizona. We were going to sing in the choir. He was preaching a conference on a Friday night. And so we said, hey, let's just get there early and we can hang out in the town. And then we're going to go to the church that night. So we got there early in the morning and we drove in from L.A. We got there early in the morning. And uh, uh, unfortunately, when we, when we drove into town, we had a busted radiator. And so we called the church there and said, there, you, we didn't nobody in the town. We just knew we called the church to, that we were going to sing in that night and said, hey, listen, is there a way we can help, get some help? Secretary said, I'll have somebody there to help you. And sure enough, this young man came and uh, he got us to the hotel. He told the car over there. We got to the hotel and he said, listen, uh, it's only going to take me a few hours. I'll be back. And then you guys can go out and eat lunch, whatever you want to do. We said, sure. Thank you. And sure enough, a few hours later. He showed up, he knocked at the hotel door, and he said, listen, uh, your car's done. And we said, man, thank you. What do we owe you? He said, listen, you don't owe us a thing. We're just glad you're here. We thought, wow, this is so awesome. We thought, man, this is great. But here's when it got into me. We went down to the, where the car was, and when we got, before we got in the car, we noticed something. The, they had washed the car. We walked in the car, we got in the car, and they had vacuumed the inside. Not only did they fix the car, they washed and they cleaned the car. And I realized at that moment, they went above and beyond what they had to do. Are you with me? They went the extra mile. 
I realized at that moment, that's what Christianity is. I realized at that moment, that moment, that's what real Christians do. They go above and beyond what they're asked to do and need to do. Can you say amen? They, they're, they, they're, they're the ones that said, I'll go and beyond. I'll go above and beyond what you asked me to do. See, we need believers like that. How many times have you heard your pastor, Pastor Isaac or Pastor Rob, how many times have you heard us get up here and say, we have way too many volunteers here today. We have way too many workers. Oh, my goodness, we have a backlog. Oh, uh, too many of you want to work with the children's church. Oh, come on, stop it. We, we, we need to, you know, uh, next year, guys, sorry. Can't, uh, too many of you want to get here to clean the church. Too many of you want to usher. Too many of you want to be greeters. Oh, my goodness, we have way too many nursery workers. Oh, man, I'm sorry. You can't work the kitchen. We have too many people doing that. Uh, you just can't get here early. Uh, please stop it. How many times have you heard us say that? It's usually not, it's usually, we're, we're sending out a search team. We're, we're looking for you, find out, where are they at? You know, we're, we're, we're begging people. We're, we're bribing people. If you work, we'll give you this. If you do this, we're, am I right? How many will go the extra mile? How many will go, oh, come on, I'm preaching. How many will go above and beyond? I'm reminded of this story of a little boy who was in a supermarket on a payphone. Now, some of you may not know what a payphone is. That was for cell phone. You had to actually go and put change and call on the payphone. And, and uh, so he was, you know, with a payphone there in the supermarket inside. And the manager overheard the conversation. You can hear what the little boy was asking. And he got on the phone and he said, ma'am, how you doing? And, and he goes, uh, ma'am, uh, do you need someone to cut your lawn? Oh, I see you already have someone. Um, are, are you happy with their service? Oh, you're very happy. Okay, thank you, ma'am. And he hung up. And he's walking away. The manager said, told the little boy, son, I'm sorry that you, you didn't get the job. He goes, oh, no. Oh, no. He said, that was one of my customers. And I was just checking to see if she was happy with the service. I wonder today if we called Heaven Anonymous Hotline about your service. I wonder what the angels would say about you. I wonder what they would say about the service that you're doing today. Because I can tell you today, God knows what we're doing. He sees our heart. Can you say amen? So how do we begin to apply this ministry? Because how many know even the most glamorous job at first can become mundane and a little, uh, we can fall into a rut. When you first got that job, you were excited. When you first got, you were, you were just, it was a miracle you even got a job. And so you're excited, uh, you're happy, you're working. Uh, but after a while, you're kind of, you know, doing a, 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 you know, you're not as excited. And you're, and you're not, you're kind of doing a shoddy job on the first mile. Then you're covering up your tracks on the second mile. And it's not as exciting as it was because sometimes we forget that, you know what, the spirit of why God, he went the extra mile. He did more and above for us. We forget about that. See, let me just say this. You cannot walk the second mile until you've learned how to walk the first mile. Don't talk about the second mile until you learn how to first walk the first mile. See, when we look at Rebecca's life, what we see is that she did the first thing first. She gave the stranger a drink of water. It was after she completed the first mile that she went on to the second task, 
and got water for all of his camels. Am I right? Even when it comes to giving, even when it comes to generosity, we can say, you know, one day over the rainbow, you know, I'm going to give to God. You know, I talk to people, you know, yeah, when I hit the lottery, Pastor, man, I'm going to, if you hit the lottery, we'll never see you again. That, that's the fact. When I do this, you know, we, we, we talk about how generous and how much giving we're going to, you know, if you don't start giving where you're at right now, you'll never give later. Can you say amen? When it comes to giving, how many of us are just giving in the first mile? And we, we're not even going on the second mile. You know what first mile giving? Can I just be honest with you this morning? I mean, you guys are excited the first part of the sermon, okay? I talk about giving, everybody gets quiet. But listen, how many this morning are we giving just the first mile? First mile giving is just basically our tithe. Look at what it says here in Malachi chapter 3. It says, will a man rob God? And he says, well, God, how have we robbed you? And he said, uh, 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 in tithes and offerings. He said, you're cursed with a curse. Your whole nation, for you're robbing me. He said, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me now. He says, test me, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, what? That you will not have room enough, what? To receive it. So when you give your tithes, you are, you're just barely giving. That's the beginning of giving. That's not the ceiling. That's not the limit. That's the beginning. You just started giving. How many, how many know what debt is? D-E-B-T, right? Doing everything but tithing. Right? You're wondering, man, why am I in debt? You're doing everything but tithing. See, I, I'm going to just tell you this morning, that first mile, you know what second mile giving? That's the offering. That's giving the conference. That's giving that's the love offering. That's giving the mission. That's giving above and beyond. We're, a lot of us are still having trouble with the first mile giving. And there was this man, let me just share this story. I've shared this before, but there was this man that, that came to his pastor and said, Pastor, there's no way I can give my tithe. He goes, why not? He goes, because I've done the math. At the, if I give my tithes for a whole month, I won't have enough to meet my needs. And the pastor said, listen, I want you to be faithful with your tithes for one month. If you at the end of the month don't have enough money, I will write out a check. I will cash app you. The balance. And, and, and he told the pastor, told the man, do you trust me? And the man said, of course I trust you, pastor. And then the pastor said this, you trust me, a mere man. But you can't trust the God of the universe to meet your need. You can't trust the God in heaven to meet your need this morning. See, many of you are saying, well, that's a lot, pastor. When you're talking about tithe, when you're talking about offerings, I mean, that's a lot. Didn't God forgive you of a lot? Didn't he change your life a lot? Didn't he transform your life? Didn't he fill you with his spirit a lot? Didn't he bless you a lot? Didn't Jesus die for you, amen, and provide a lot in your life? Friend, is that really a lot? When it comes to giving and when it comes to going the second mile, friend, we ought to thank God for what he's done. How many can say amen? The Bible says in verse 20 that she ran to the well Said she basically, she went forth. She was running in verse 20 that she ran to get water. And if you go back and read that verse, basically she did it in a hurry. She did it 
quickly. She wasn't delaying. She wasn't uh, stalling. She did it as fast as she could. Now, uh, you know, you wonder why was she in a hurry? I mean, was she in a hurry to go watch her novellas? Was she in a hurry to go watch her favorite show? You know, uh, what is it, Mandalorian? Uh, was, was she really in a hurry to go, you know, watch her favorite team, the Steelers? What was she What was she in a hurry for? Why was she doing it so quickly? I, I, I don't believe it was any of those things. I believe that she wanted to do it officially and quickly because she saw a need and she wanted to meet it as quick as possible. I can't tell you how many times I ask someone to do something in the church. They, they go, oh, they're rolling their eyes. Let me check my schedule. You don't even have a schedule. Let me check my calendar. Uh, you know, you act like you're part of a Congress or something. Let me check what's going on in my life. There's nothing going on in your life, but you make it seem like there is. And, and usually when people do that, I, I just say, you know, thank you. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll find someone else that will go the extra mile. See, how easy, listen to me, how easy it would have been for Rebecca that day to lower her jug, give that man a drink of water, and go home. It would have been the convenient thing to do. It would have been the easy thing for her to do. But undoubtedly, listen to me, she knew how much effort, how much time it was going to take for her to draw water for those camels. She did it anyway. And that one thing that she did separated her from everybody else in that well that day, from all the other women that were there that day. See, many of us this morning, we're saying, what's, what's the one thing? Well, are you doing what everybody else is doing? Or are you doing something above and beyond what God asked you to do? See, I believe this morning when we go the extra mile, we're supposed to go the extra mile with a smile. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, go the extra mile with a smile. Now smile a little bit. You're supposed to be smiling at that point, right? Supposed to be smiling. Telling that person, yes. And there, there are moments in life this morning where we'll go the extra mile, but we're doing it reluctantly. I'm going to put myself under the bus. Is that all right? There are moments I could be at home and I can be in one room, my wife in the other room, she's moving something and it's usually at the most inconvenient time. And, you know, I hear her moving stuff, and I can, you know, I, she's, I can hear, and she goes, honey, I need your help. Help me move this. And, and, you know, I'm in the next room working. I'm working the remote and doing all of that. And so I, 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 and so I kind of under my breath kind of just kind of say to myself, oh, my goodness, right now. And, and what I've learned is my wife has excellent hearing. And she said, I heard that. I go, what? I was praying. I don't know what you're talking about. I was... I was reading. I don't know what you were saying here. And she said, no, 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 I heard you. It's okay. I don't need your help. Oh, honey, I want to help now. You know, <laughs> no, I don't need your help. Why? Because I'm not going the extra mile with a smile, right? You're supposed to go do it with a good attitude, not with a bad attitude, not like, oh, man, because I have to do it. Not, oh, man, because I have to meet a quota. In fact, Jesus said it this way. He said this in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. Look at what it says. It said, it said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you cannot enter in the kingdom of God. Now, you read that, you say, what is he talking about, exceed the scribe? Well, when the, when the scribes and Pharisees did things and did favors, they kept score. You ever met people, they keep score? 
I do for you, you do for me. You don't do for me, I don't do for you. Or for instance, they, 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 they took you to, uh, they bought food for you at, you know, Applebee's, or they bought food for you at uh, Lazy Dog. And, and, and or you bought food for them at Lazy Dog, whatever it may be, and you you bought them uh, McDonald's. Well, you you still owe, you know, they Lazy Dog. You still you owe another McDonald's, maybe three McDonald's, and then we equal the. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? And so we keep score. Hey, what have you done for me, lady? No, no, I'm always doing something for you. See that Jesus said, no, 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 you don't keep score. You do it out of your heart. Somebody say Amen. He said they have to exceed. That of the scribes and Pharisees. We're not keeping score to see what, how we can outdo one another. We're saying this morning, we do it out of our heart. We go the extra mile because Jesus said to go the extra mile. And we go the extra mile with a smile. Come on, somebody say amen. See, just imagine how our life, your ministry, your church, the work of God here, if you started going the extra mile. If we didn't have to ask you to volunteer, you came saying, I want to volunteer. If we didn't have to beg people like, oh, man, we need workers. You know, we have people, we got this, but you come, we need you. You know, I'll take you to McDonald's, I'll buy doubles for you. You know, instead of all of that, you just said, man, I want to do it. Man, I, you know what? I'm doing this, but, but I want to do more. I don't, want to, I don't want to be a bare minimum Christian. I wonder how it would be in your marriage. If you go the extra mile and love a little bit more and forgive a little bit more, what difference it would make? In fact, I believe it would heal a lot of marriages. We wouldn't even have to have marriage counseling at all in the church because if you went above and beyond in your marriage, you'd heal a lot of your problems. Oh, you don't like that preaching, but it's true. It'd make a difference at your job. If you just thought, you know, instead of complaining about all the work, you just said, I'm just glad I got a job, especially right now. I'll go, I'll do that. Don't worry about it. But you imagine the spirit in that place, how it would change? See, the reason why we don't go above and beyond many times is we think, we think this, that I, I'm never the beneficiary. Everybody benefits out of me. But I'm here to tell you many times when you go the extra mile above and beyond, you become the beneficiary. Let me share this story, a real true story and a very serious story. There was this man that decided to go home from work one day, and he would often walk home, but this time he decided to take a different route home. And so as he's walking home one evening, he's walking, and he he begins to hear these muffled sounds or these muffled screams that are behind these bushes that are across the street. And so he slows down and begins to listen, and he's beginning to hear a sound of a struggle, heavy grunting. He's beginning to hear some frantic scuffling. He's beginning to hear the ripping of fabric, and he realizes at that moment, yards away from him, is a woman that's being attacked. He says to himself, should I get involved? He begins to speak to himself, man, uh, what about my own safety? Am I going to end up a statistic? Am I going to end up getting hurt? It was the time where there were no cell phones, so he was, said, man, I'll, I'll run to a pay phone somewhere. I'll run. But already he could hear that the woman's voice was getting weaker and weaker. Which seemed like hours of deliberation with just seconds in his mind thinking, what am I going to do? Am I going to risk my life? And he began to say to himself, I'm not a very brave man. I'm not athletic. 
But he said something came over him that day. Let me drink some water here, all right? Something came over him that day. And he said, I need to go help. So he went over and he grabbed the man that was on top of this woman and began to wrestle with him on the ground. They grappled on the ground for a few seconds and the man ran off. He turned around and he could see in the shadow of the the outline of a woman, but he wasn't sure, couldn't see her face. And in the darkness, he slowly approached her with a very soothing voice, told the woman, it's okay, you're safe now. The man is gone. There was a long pause. And he could hear her words. And she uttered this, Daddy, is that you? What he didn't realize that day, that that was his youngest daughter. And he didn't realize it was her that was being attacked. Had he not that day decided to go the extra mile? Had he not decided that day to go above and beyond, he would have lost his daughter that day. So you never know when you go above and beyond the difference that you're going to make. I look at Rebecca that day, and I can have the worship team come up. When she went above and beyond that day, she did not realize that it would change the rest of her life. Listen to me. You can read this story when you get home. But she tapped into the destiny of God that day because when she did that, she married Isaac. And Rebecca became the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. Not only that, her whole household was blessed. It caused a divine chain reaction to bless her family and to bless others. You have no idea when you go above and beyond, when you do that one act of service, when you decide to go one extra mile, you may be tapping and clicking into your destiny. Lives around you are going to be changed. See, imagine what the world would be like if people didn't go the extra mile. Imagine. Imagine if Noah would have said to God, you know what, God? I don't, I don't build boats, man. I'm not in the boats. Could you imagine what would happen? What if Moses would have said, God, I don't open Red Seas. I don't even like water. I don't like doing that. What would happen? What if Paul the Apostle said, man, I don't like writing letters. I'm not into writing. We wouldn't have the Bible. But listen to me. What if Jesus would have said, I don't do crosses. I don't do that. What would the world be like if we didn't have people that go above and beyond? God's looking for believers today to do that one act of service, that one extra mile that will not only change your life, but the life of others. Let's bow our heads. Father, right now, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the grace of God. We thank you for your presence who you are in this place today. God, you're so good. 
you have gone above and beyond for us. Lord, it is just, there are no words that we can say. There are not enough thank you that we can give you for what you've done for us, Lord. And so for that, God, we're grateful. Lord, help us, God, to see that we can go the extra mile, that, God, we don't want to be bare minimum Christians. We don't want to be bare minimum believers. We don't want to just do what we're obligated to do. Oh, God, for, we don't want to be that person. But, God, let us do it with a smile. Let us go above and beyond. Even at Jesus, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he suffered the cross. Because he knew when he went the extra mile that that cross, that forgiveness would change the lives and redeem the hearts of people. That's why he did it. So if you're in this place right now, you're listening online, every head bowed, every eye closed right now, you're saying, you know what? I need the Lord in my life. I need Jesus. Friend, Jesus went the extra mile for you. He gave his life for you. What are you going to do for Jesus? All he's asking you today is raise your hand and give your life to him. How hard is that? Say, you know what, Pastor? I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life today. Raise your hand right now, real quick. Say, that's me. Would you pray for me? I need Jesus in my life. Is there anyone here right now? I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here to shame you this morning. But I'm here today to pray for you. Give your life to the Lord. Anybody here in this room right now? Say, that's me, Pastor. I need the Lord in my life. Somebody over here, God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Can I, can I get someone to pray with her real quick? Amen. Right over here. I can't see who it is, but yeah, just pray with her. How many believers right now, you say, you know what, Pastor? Right now, you know, why don't, we, why don't, why don't you just look up, at me, look up at me? How many would say, you know what? I want to be an extra mile Christian. That's me. I want to be. How many? Just raise your hand. How many? All right. Come on up here. I'm going to pray for you. Why don't we all stand? I'm going to pray. I believe every believer ought to want to be an extra mile believer. Not bare minimum. Not obligation. Jesus said, Jesus said, when you're asked to do one mile, offer to go one more mile. Do it from your heart. I'm telling you today, what's going to make a difference in the church, the one difference that changes our church is people going the extra mile. I'm honest with you this morning. 80% of the work in this church is only done by 20% of the people. Because we only have 20% of the people. I'm talking statistically worldwide. Only 20% of the people usually are willing to go above and beyond. I pray today that God's going to anoint you. I pray today as you go the extra mile, you're going to tap into your destiny. I believe today there's people today that you don't realize the power that when you go above and beyond, you're going to tap in to the plan of God. You're going to tap into the destiny of God. And so if you want to come right now, I'm going to pray for the anointing. I'm going to pray for the blessing of God. I'm going to pray that God is going to open up doors as you begin to serve. One act of service, one extra act of service. God's going to bless you this morning. Why don't we lift our hands? Let's pray right now. Holy Spirit, all over this room right now. Come on, let's just begin to talk to God right now. I pray the anointing. I pray the Holy Spirit right now would begin to work in these lives, Lord. I pray as they tap into the kingdom of God, they're going to go above. Yes, yes. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.